Hey there, and welcome to episode 45 of the Food Biz Wiz podcast. Today's episode is all about influencer marketing and how to run a successful influencer marketing campaign. Today, I'll be joined by my guest, Elle DeFreitas, the co-founder of Wonderkind Co. Elle has worked on the ground at startup food and beverage businesses, as well as with well-established brands like Natamu and Snap Kitchen, and she now helps wellness food and beverage brands with impactful social media strategy and execution, thoughtful design, and authentic influencer marketing. I have gotten so, so many requests from you guys to do an episode on how to work with influencers, especially right now as you're shifting your marketing budgets online. And I am stoked for this episode with Elle. By the end of the show, you will know how to reach out to influencers, how to get them to share your product on their platforms, and what makes or breaks a successful campaign. Let's get right into it. You're listening to Food Biz Wiz the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Ali Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. Hi, Elle. Great to have you on the show today. Hi, Allie. Thanks for having me. Of course. So, Elle, as I mentioned in the intro, I have gotten so many requests to do an episode on influencer marketing, and I am really excited to talk about this. So we have, we have so much to talk about, but before we dive in, I want to catch up with you. How, how are things going with Wonderkind? I, I know when we first met, you were really busy with like, I don't know, half a dozen clients and some really big projects going on there. What's, what's up with Wonderkind? What are you working on right now? Thank you for asking. So we are really busy. Um, we, we are so fortunate to be in, in a spot where brands are moving online. They're yeah. trying to have a really strong presence. And so our, our services obviously lend to strong um, brand voice and brand look and brand feel and, and talking to consumers online. And so we are just seeing an influx of requests and onboarding of new clients and people that are really wanting to kind of break into the, to the online space and, and, and take advantage of all the, all the content that's, that is being requested by followers. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. I'm sure like mid-March hit and you and you got your inboxes were flooded with like yeah. help me help me understand social media. Right. Get my brand online. Yeah. Yeah. So it's you and a partner, right? It's me and the partner. Yeah. So my partner, she does all the design and the creative work. So all the all the pretty things you see uh for our brands or or for Wonderkind, that's yeah. all her. And then I'm I'm the marketing and sales leg of the business. Yeah. And so, like I said, in the intro, you've worked with a whole bunch of different sized brands and, you know, different categories. How did you tell me about that, like choice to start Wonderkind and, and that, that decision-making process as you ventured out on your own? Yeah. So for the past four years, I've worked, like you said, in the intro, large and small brands. And, and I really liked the, I preferred the startup small brand feel. I, I love the energy that that's there. I'm sure you feel yeah. the same energy, the, the passion that that is for, for small brands. And, and I kind of thought, 
you know, between me and my partner, we have such different skills, but they're both needed separately, but together mm-hmm. we didn't see that happening in, in the, in the space, as far as like really merging design, really well done design. And then the marketing channels, I wasn't seeing it done maybe well or yeah. by enough yeah. companies. And so, yeah. you know, we really wanted to have a studio that was really strong in both of those aspects. And so we kind of, she's a good personal friend of mine. And we were like, let's just do this thing. You know, we both have enough experience. We both um, have a lot of connections and we mm-hmm. both love, 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 love food and beverage brands. So we thought, let's just give this a try. And we've just grown so quickly. And we're actually our first hires coming on. And on Monday, our first full-time hire. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. That's awesome. Wow. That's cool. Well, I feel like when you and I like first talked, you were like, okay, I'm just launching WonderKind. Like, you know, we're, we've done a lot of planning, like here are the different packages that we're, we're going to offer. And then I don't know, we talked maybe like two weeks later and you were like, I'm booked out. (laughs) No more clients for me. I was like, Oh, you know, do you want me to like talk you up? And you're like, we're booked. (laughs) I feel like it happened very fast for you. It did. It did. And yeah, like I said, very lucky. And yeah, yeah, we, we love that. We love that, that startup kind of feel for the four food and beverage brands. So we're, we're really happy where where we're sitting right now. Yeah. Well, congrats on that. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited for you guys. Okay. Let's, let's talk about, I mean, I love that you love marketing and I love that you're so good at it. I'm really excited for people to follow along with Wonderkind on, on your beautiful Instagram feed and see what you guys are doing behind the scenes. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about influencer marketing and I want to get on the same page before we jump into like how to do influencer marketing. But can we, can we just talk about like, who is an influencer nowadays? Like what is an influencer? What defines an influencer um, tell me more about that as a as a baseline. Yes. So an influencer really is 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 anyone that is influencing a purchase of a product. Um, so it sounds really broad and it kind of is in the sense that um I think the the stats are almost staggering. Like 70% of people on Instagram are considered influencers now wow. because everyone is talking about products or the gym that they're going to, or the restaurant that they're going to. And in some way that they're, they're influencing, um, either, either online or, you know, in real life, their friends and family, it's, it's, it's sort of hard to pinpoint what exactly an influencer is. Mm -hmm. When I think about campaigns, I'm thinking of anyone that has 3000 followers and more to, you know, all the way to the moon. Yeah. followers and and they're, they're influencing the purchase of a product or a service or, um, any, any, yeah. Any like decision purchasing decision. I think, I think that you have a really good point here and I want to reiterate it that so often I hear brands say like, well, influencer marketing isn't going to work for me because I don't make a product that's targeting 25 year old women in (laughs) who are like, I don't know, hanging out in their bikinis on Instagram. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) hold up. Like, let's get clear here. Influencers can be in any age demographic, in any, you know, any location, any category. It's not just about that, like, young white woman being an influencer, right? Totally. And, and, And I think we'll probably get into this more later, but to think about what exact influencer is best for your product 
we're thinking about, okay, who's your target audience? If mm-hmm. it's, if it is a 25 year old gal, then yep. we, and then that should be on Instagram. Yep. If it's older demographic, maybe Facebook is a good idea. If it's a younger demographic, maybe it's TikTok. Like there's, there's, I think anyone can be utilizing influencer marketing. I just think that you have to know really, really clearly who your target audience is yeah. and where they are in within mar- these marketing kind of channels. I completely agree on that. We talk about that a lot in Retail Ready, that I'd much rather have my students go heavy on one social channel where where their exact target audience is rather than try to do it all and do them all kind of half, you know, halfway. Um, okay. So anybody can be, anybody can be an influencer as long as you have some sort of social power, some sort of mm-hmm. obviously influence over your network. And I like that you said that stat of like 3000 followers or more on, on your social media platform. And, you know, I think I'm hearing this phrase like micro-influencer more and more. And I, I love that you've verified this. We don't need to be approaching these, you know, 100,000 follower brands necessarily. That person who has 5,000 followers might be the perfect person to, to target with, you know, to reach out and try to get a campaign going, right? 100%. Yep. Okay, great. I love it. You're, I feel like I've, you're already like making me... Um, more excited about it. It feels more approachable when you realize anybody can, any, any brand can find the right influencer for them. And again, like we're not looking at these super huge, you know, uh, celebrities as we try to get them to kind of come on board with our emerging brand. Right. You're so right. Okay, cool. So let's talk about identifying influencers. You, you like briefly touched on that and you, you know, you hinted that it, the influencers really need to be in line with your target audience, but where do you, where do you find them? Like, how do you, let's say, you know, your target audience through and through, how do you then find the influencers who are, who are influencers to your target audience? Yes. So let me give you an example because it might be the easiest way to explain the thought process as far as how do we find these perfect influencers for, for a specific brand. So let's, let's say that your brand or your product is a vitamin enhanced sport drink. So your target audience that you've, you've really honed in on is a athletic and middle income on maybe the younger side. She's on the go. She's Mm -hmm. moderately healthy. She's quite busy. She's athletic she really prioritize, uh, prioritizes her gym time. Let's say that that's your target audience. So I will then think who, and let's call her Sarah, who is Sarah following? Who is influencing Sarah? What kind of people would Sarah look up to? And with this exact model, I would think, okay, it's, it's, it's a micro level fitness, home fitness gal who's, um, she's really busy too, but she's, she's getting her workout in. She's sharing this content, um, this, these 30 minute workouts in her, in her living room with, you know, whatever she has on hand. I think Sarah really follows this person and probably does her workouts. Um, and so I would want this influencer to be talking about this sport drink because Sarah is going to love to know that this influencer is using this 
brand because Sarah really looks up to her. Yeah. Sarah so, like sees a little bit of herself in this, right. in this other Sarah, woman who's like balancing it all. Correct. And so yeah. Sarah wants to be that. So she's going to be kind of buying in or, or be very interested in the things that this influencer is doing. And I basically, that's how I'll think about how do we find that one influencer? And then the goal would be, I need to find 50 of these uh, or hundred of these, yeah. whatever, whatever the number is. That's kind of how I think I, I start always with the target audience. And I, I think you talk about it a lot, but, but knowing exactly who that is can drive so many decisions for, for a brand and it includes influencers. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I, <laughs> I then think like, that is just like some good old internet sleuthing, right? Oh, so much sleuthing, <laughs> so much. I am like creeping around all the time. <laughs> I'm going to quote you on that. Elle is creeping around all the time. Um, yeah. Well, it makes sense though, because it, you know, so I hear people are like, okay, well give me the link like, or the list of influencers. Give me that database. Give me that like app that I can go on that like perfectly pairs me with an influencer. I'm like, well, how about you just set aside 30 minutes a day for the next three days and you just go down a, you know, an Instagram rabbit hole. I feel like that, you know, that can be just as, you know, potentially like just as, um, effective there. Totally. And, and I'll, I'll note something there. So, you know, when, when I talk to brands, you know, when we're talking about that, we offer service of influencer marketing, a lot of them will have heard of other like influencer marketing platforms. Mm-hmm. And I think they're great. I think there's definitely a need for them and, and brands sh- should consider using them. I love doing mine organically. I love just being able to like, just really get in the weeds with Instagram and, and going through the different corners, looking and, and, and seriously searching for the right people. Yeah. And it's just something I'm really passionate about, you know, large, large influencer programs may not lend well for that really like sleuthing um, that you're talking about. And yeah. talking about. But, <laughs> so um, you're saying like my college days of like Facebook sleuthing of, of old boyfriends is really going to pay off here. It, it may pay off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. So like we've, we've identified our target audience. We've identified our influencer with some like good old fashioned internet stalking. And then we've decided, wait, and before, before we talk about how to reach out, you like dropped this number. You said, maybe you're choosing 50 of them. Maybe you're choosing a hundred. Like, can we, I'm going to go off script here and ask like, how, how many influencers does one have to work with? And like, how often should people be running influencer campaigns as they think about growing their brand? Okay. So the, the exact number, so Sometimes the easiest way is when I talk to brands or when you're thinking about your budget is, is how much product can you, are you willing to send out the door? Mm-hmm. I, I suggest, uh, for, for smaller, you know, very startup brands, I would suggest depending on the program, which I'll, I'll get into next, but I think at the minimum 15 Influencers should be activated all in, in again, like all the way to the moon from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Great. Kind of depends just how much product does X brand want to see go out the door yeah. and, and how difficult is it to ship things like that. But yeah. I'd say 10 would be really nice. And then as far as 
Uh, is it monthly? Is it campaign based? And I think it can be, can be both. It can yep. be, or I think for, for, for brands that are launching something new or are doing or launching the whole brand uh, right out the gates, or they're launching a new SKU, or there's some type of holiday mm-hmm. or some type of event that's happening that's very relative to the brand. I think campaigns work really well, and and, and that can be a one-time uh, send to a bulk amount of X yep. amount of influencers. Yep. I all, but I really actually like the model of doing reoccurring partnerships. And mm-hmm. um, so let's say it's 15 influencers. I, I really like seeing every month that they're getting something from this brand. They, they just become very invested and, and they, they feel like they're part of the team more that way. If, if it's, if it's, if it's on a monthly ongoing basis and um, because really in order for the followers to really be committing to some type of action, they want to know that this is this is real. That this yeah. influencer really yeah. likes products, and so if they're seeing it month and month, month over month, they're going to be like, "Wow!" Uh, like it's not no, it's no joke. Yeah, she actually uses this yeah. product. Yeah, and I, it's it, it's more influential um, to see it again and again. And I feel like even for the, for that influencer's followers, they need to see it multiple times to even like take action on it. Right. (laughs) I feel like, um, I I feel like even in my own marketing, I feel like I'm saying the same things over Mm -hmm. and over and over again, but someone will find me, you know, we'll engage in conversation. And six months later, they're like, what do you mean you teach an online course called retail ready? Like I've never heard of that. Right. I'm like, Oh, Oh my goodness. Like, gosh. Okay. Like, let me tell you all about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like so often we think we're saying things too much, but our audience needs to hear that. I, I totally think so. And and I think that because of, you know, Instagram, there's so much content being posted every day. There's so many people on that, that with the algorithm, you know, only a very small percentage of followers are actually seeing your content. So like you're saying, like, you think that you're saying it like, wow, I say this all the time. This must be so annoying. Really only a very small percentage of people are seeing it most people are probably missing yeah. the content anyway. Yep. So the more we say our most important things, the better, because we're, we're likely, we're not touching everyone every single day. Yeah, totally. And I mean, we're kind of getting on a tangent here, but the other important thing is remembering it's so much easy. It's so much easier to create content around a few themes in your business rather than every single day trying to figure out something new to say to your audience. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So, so I like this idea of, of like longer term partnerships, thinking about how much budget you have to send out samples and such. And I think Elle, it's a really, it's really timely that we're having this conversation because as so many people move their brands or so many brands aren't able to do demos or in-person marketing events or trade shows or things like that, they, they have a marketing budget to spend Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they need to reallocate it. So like, this is, if people are wondering, like, how are they going to afford it? Like, think about your marketing budget for this quarter or next quarter and think about how potentially you, you would use it in influencer marketing. Um, okay. So we find our influencer. What, what happens next? So next we need to reach out. Okay. But even before that, yeah, we need to do a little bit more sleuthing. Okay. I'm, I'm into it. (laughs) We found them. 
We have their name on a spreadsheet. We know we're going to want to send something to them. The first thing we need to do is we need to understand as much as we can about them so that we can properly engage with them. So if we're sending to X influencer, we need to understand, okay, what does she, what else does she like? Has she, you know, or he or she, um, have they repped any brands in the past? Can we see that? Have they repped a competitor? Uh, do they, are they active? Are they, are they posting actively? Like all the, all these things to, to know kind of as personally as you can from just looking with the common eye on, on social media, just so that when we are reaching out to them, we can send a crafted message that shows that we did our homework and we, we aren't just sending it a mass message to 400 people. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if they respond or not. We want them to feel like we did our homework. We really singled you out. We really, really like you and what you're posting and what you're saying. Uh, and, 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 and it's a good fit, right? Like, yeah, I feel like there's, oh, there's nothing worse than that, like generic email. Like, right. you know, I just delete those so quickly. Yes, yes. So that, 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 that happens before the reach out. And the next step would be to actually reach out with a crafted message um, and, and one that's really well done. It's addressing them by name. There's, it's personal. Um, and, and, and these things will help with, with, the like, chance of them yeah, responding. Yeah, getting that yes. Um, are you reaching out over email? Are you DMing them? Like how how are you connecting with them? So I I am and I and I do suggest to reach out over DM. Mm-hmm. So there's you know there's some controversy there as far as it doesn't look too formal. Um, but to me, reaching out over DM and um, it shows that we are, we're online. We have yep. a presence online. Yep. Um, and and it, it's, I'm almost, I almost like asking permission to email them further yeah. information. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. Right. And so it's, it's, you're, you're like warming them up before you ask them out on the first date. Right. Right. Yeah. I like that. So, and you know, if they're already, again, we're talking a lot about Instagram, but like if you're if they're already active on Instagram, then sending them a DM feels really natural. Totally. And I think too, when, whenever the DM is sent and and they're responding and then we're emailing, they're looking out for our email. Now, if it's a cold email, it might, it might just go unanswered or Mm -hmm. unopened or in junk. If, if, if we're, if we're saying we'd love to send you an email, you know, what is your email? Yeah. Um, more information, they're now kind of excited about our email. I love that. That makes so much sense, right? They're they're actually looking out for it rather than it just right. going like being sent into the oblivion. And then you never know if they even open it. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I love this. Um, so L, let's take a quick little break. I'm gonna drop in a sponsor and we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about like you get that influencer to say yes, and, and then you start sending product out. Hang tight. We'll be right back. I'm going to tell you a secret from my time as a grocery buyer. Buyers will only bring in your product line if they trust that you are going to bring high sales to your category. They don't care whether your product is the most delicious ever or made with local ingredients. They care about whether or not it's going to sell. How can you prove this to those buyers? With 
data. And that is why I love WeStock, and I wish it had been around when I was in my buyer role. WeStock has modernized the classic product request form, and it collects your fans and followers' enthusiasm into real data that you can use in your wholesale pitch. Buyers rely on numbers, and you can give them just that by collecting it with WeStock. Check them out at WeStock.io or find them in my show notes and use promo code FOODBIZWIZ for 25% off your first year. Okay, Elle, so we've identified our influencers. We've reached out to them. They said, yes, we can, you know, you can email us more information. Like, and then are you like putting it all on the table? You're saying, this is what I'm expecting of you. This is what I want you to do. Like, I'm going to send you product. Like, what does that, what does that ask look like? And uh, how do you do it gracefully? So this is such a great question. So the the interesting kind of thing that, that, that of my experience is personally on my personal Instagram, Mm -hmm. I am an influencer. So I'm being reached out to constantly by brands myself. And so it, it lends really well to, um, seeing what it's like to be on the receiving end of (laughs) of degrees. So it's, 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 I've seen it all. Um, and so my, my, my best, um, advice for this specific ask for the, uh, the trade the transaction, yeah, yeah. the, 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 the more graceful and, and, and kind and, and supportive you can sound and, and, and the less asks you can do, the more people will do for you. And so how I normally think about when I'm working with brands and I'm thinking, okay, what's our ask as subtle as I can be. Um, and as, as kind of, uh, more basically subtle as I can be the better. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like, we would love your support on our launch that we're having next week. And and they might come back and say, you know, what, what, what are you expecting of me? And Mm -hmm. and normally my response is whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah. Whatever is most natural for you. And it is, is totally great for us. And and yeah. Yeah. Especially because like, I can only imagine if you, if you send that email and you're like, we will send you free product in exchange for three stories over the next 15 days and one in feed post and three uses of our hashtag, all that, you know, someone's going to be like, okay, for a six pack of your protein shake, like, I don't think so. 100%. And that kind of like leads me to, to, to a point that we, we haven't made yet. And it's, you can, you can't expect if, if you're not paying these influencers to do things, then it, it, it is, it is not a successful approach to require many things from them. If it's a simple trade things, the, the ask should be very casual and, and fair. Um, because my approach is never to pay any influencers. I always use micro influencers because I, I think that they're I think that they're more relatable and I yeah. think that they, they have they have more conversion as far as 
their followers really trust them. And, the, and, and I like partnering with micro influencers more. They, they most typically don't need to be paid. Therefore I, I can't ask the world of them. I can only ask what they feel comfortable with doing and what feels most natural for their own, uh, posting schedule on their own content. Yeah. yeah. I love and, that. And, and the nicer, I feel like you, the more, the nicer and, and more su- support you can give these influencers, the more they're going to work for you and post for you and feel like they're a part of the team by just the way you kind of word things. Right. Right. Like when someone, if when you show up making all these demands and you're like, Whoa, like we're just starting a relationship here. I don't even know if I like your product. Right. You know, I feel like that's, that's hard. That's hard for an influencer. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So I, I like this and I, Elle, I love that you say like, don't pay for influencers, right? Like use these micro influencers, use these people are, who are excited to share the brand that they love. They're excited to be influencers um, and, you know, really start developing this relationship from a, a personal level where you're not asking, asking them to, you know, do everything for you for your six pack of drinks. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So the influencer says, yes. They're like, okay, yes, I'm down to receive your shipment, mm-hmm. especially because there's no, there's no commitment on my end. I'm just going to try it and see how I like it. Yep. Then, then what happens? Like, how do you, how do you ship the product in a way that, that convinces that influencer to share, share your brand on their platform? So there's two things that I suggest. One would be once the product is shipped, a a nice, you know, simple check-in reminder, Hey, blank, we just sent your, uh, your shipment out. We can't wait to hear what you think. Your feedback is so important to us. See you on Instagram, whatever. Just a nice chin to, to, to touch base and, and, and be over communicating in that way. Um, and then the other thing, which I love to do and something that um, brands are starting to do more and more, but I still think that there's large opportunity for, for other brands to hop on board would be really nice seeding uh, strategy. So what I mean by that would be if you've seen like pack lane, those boxes mm, that are yeah. really branded so beautifully inside there's, you know, the product and there might be like a few other like little bits, maybe it's stickers or other like swag items. Mm-hmm. I think the nicer the presentation can be, uh, where, you know, where it's feasible for, for budget, but as nice as you can make that unboxing experience, the better, because the reality is, you know, I'm, I'm on the receiving end of the influencer side and I'm, let's say I, I get around probably five to seven brands every week, reaching out to me to send product to me. Yep. That's a lot. It's, and and I mean, it's almost daily. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, and I, and I don't have that many followers and, yeah. and so it just shows that like brands are, brands are sending product. They are, they are sending product. They're, they're, they're DMing, asking for addresses. They're sending product. So I imagine that most every influencer is receiving an influx of products over the last probably year. Yeah. And so as I'm getting product, I'm trying it. Even if I like it, I still will forget to post mm-hmm. or even mention them again. 
unless I'm receiving something so thoughtful that I am pulling out my phone immediately and taking a photo of it or, or getting it onto the stories right away because it was done so beautifully and I can't wait to share it. Yeah. If, if you're not sending your product in a way that's, that's thoughtful and, and almost like memorable, or there's like, you know, as a, a wow of a factor as you can, as you can fit in your budget, you risk sending product that, that the influencer may like, but they just forget to post about it or they just forget to mention it again. So if you can have that unboxing experience be something really, really special, influencers will likely put it on their stories, even ones that maybe originally wanted to be paid, but because it was so beautiful, they're going to story it because they want people to know they just received this beautiful, really cool Mm -hmm. branded Yeah. And I think it's making me remember that influencers in general are pretty conscious of what their feed looks like and what their stories look like, right? So if you send something in to an influencer in a, you know, nothing wrong with like flat rate shipping boxes, but like if you send something in a flat rate shipping box with like crinkled up, like reused newspaper, cause you're trying to be, you know, eco-conscious here and like reuse your packing peanuts and all of that sort of stuff. That might not be the look that that influencer is going for on their feed, right? So they're less likely to want to, to want to promote it. Um, and not to say that there's anything wrong with like using the recycled materials and like using those flat rate boxes, but maybe you're using that for, um, you know, the shipments to stores or you're using that in other shipments, but it's not for your influencer campaigns. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Right. I feel like it's so obvious, but, um, until you broke it down like that, it, it, I didn't, I hadn't made that connection. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So you do this like really sexy, really fun (laughs) package that influencer is so excited to share it. Elle, I think that you make such a good point too. And I even see it on my end with like retail ready products. I always, you know, try to get my students products in my hands and then I'm like, oh shoot, like I've got a dozen of them here. I only post a couple times a week and like I got a backlog and I really, really want to talk, talk about them on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Even with the best intentions, it's hard to get them up there. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I've got a couple other questions before we, we wrap up here, but okay. So you, you've got this influencer, they post about your product because you've done such a great job engaging them all along the way. Like what happens next? You're like, okay, they did their job. Thank you. (laughs) What happens next? Okay. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly communicating with them in ways that, well, after they post about it, what did you think? How did you like it? Do you need any more? And um, depending on what the product is, so I'm I'm constantly constantly um, keeping in communication. If if the cam- campaign was just a send, you know, there's a big you know release happening, and and that's why this was sent out. Then I'm I'm keeping in contact in that way. They're, they they likely may not be sent another package. Maybe maybe they maybe they are, but I'm kind of keeping in communication. Um, if it's ongoing, I'm, I'm, it's kind of a different thing where I'm, I'm talking about their next shipment or yeah. talking about what, what's happening next as far as, um, the program. Um, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about kind of, I don't know if you're about to get to this, but kind of like the ROI as yeah. far as what, what happens after they've 
maybe posted about the product and, or they've received the product. So when I think about influencers, there, there's three reasons why they should be worked with and, and why I love working with them. And this, and this is as, as a result of them posting or receiving the product. So number one would be they're generating content. So mm -hmm. this content is so important because unlike the content that like a brand can take in a studio, like maybe where it's styled or um, maybe a lifestyle shoot, like these very, you know, styled yep. photo shoots, this content is taken by an actual, you know, normal non-photographer type of person. And this content is really relatable because let's go back to our example of Sarah. Sarah really relates to content that she feels like she can take too. That's yep. very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. So UGC content, user generated content is super valuable. And um, they, they say that they, they perform even better on ads because they're, they're just like I'm saying, more relatable posts, but yeah. this UGC has a higher, a 4.5% higher conversion rate than any other type of content. It's just so relatable. And so these influencers are producing this user-generated content, so valuable. Um, and so that's one, one big reason. The second big reason would be they, when, when influencers are sharing about a product, they are inspiring the exponential sharing that happens on mm. social media. So when Sarah sees this influencer post about the vitamin water, well, when Sarah buys the vitamin water now, because she was influenced by this influencer, now Sarah's going to post on her story about it because she wants to be, you know, uh, just like, Oh God, uh, this is so, you're totally correct. Yes. And so then yes. here's the chain of events that I, we barely can track. Now Sarah's likely influencing people that yeah. are following her. You see, like it's a it, it's a wonderful but you know hard to track train uh, chain of events. Yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, you're spot on here. I feel like I am. I have done that. Like I have totally gotten caught up in that. Like the ripple effect of it, right? Yeah. Um, and I'll like, say oh yeah, everybody's posting about this. Like, I guess next time I drink this thing, I'm going to post about it too. Exactly. And yeah. and and it's so important. And I'll say the the last thing that has to be noted would be, um, they are supporting conversions. So they are influencing people to purchase or to come follow the account. Um, the conversion thing of course is, uh, you can track and that's in the form of when this campaign campaign started, how many followers were there before it? How many followers at the end? Um, how much, uh, reach was there if the mm -hmm. follower or if the, the uh, influencer has 10,000 followers and they post five times on their stories you know you can do the math to say okay our reach was estimated at 10,000 mm -hmm. um, views mm -hmm. yep. so there's there's ways that can be very very uh uh measurable yeah measured yeah. Uh, but the other two like the UGC uh it we can measure it in the form of we have we we have a a return rate of five pieces of content or 20 or 50. Um, but the other exponential sharing one, that's one where it's, it's, we can't even track it, which is great because it's so abundantly spread. Um, but it's kind of hard to put a measure on, on that one is yep. because it's so, there's just so much in, uh, sharing that happens. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's interesting when we think about the return on investment and it, 
I, I think it's just about setting expectations, right? Being like, okay, when I do my first influencer marketing push, I'm going to measure everything that I can. You know, like you said, I'm going to measure these conversions. I'm going to measure like how much user generated content I get from this. Like I'm, I'm going to measure what I can. But at the end of the day, like um, it's going to take time to see these results. And they're, it's not that clear. Like I put in $3 and I get $5 back. Um, it's not like that. Right. It, right. It, it, yes, you're exactly right. Okay, cool. So that, that makes sense. Right. So like, I think it's just, I'm sure, I'm sure you do a lot of, um, expectation setting with your clients too. I'll be like, you know, it's, I feel like marketing and PR, it's like, it's, it's similar things like in both, in both things. Like, um, I was talking with a PR lady recently and she was like, well, we can't necessarily guarantee results. You know, like we, we think this is going to work and we have all these ways that we can measure like the little tiny, like micro results of it. But at the end of the day, we're, it's all a big science experiment. Yeah. Yeah. But we can, we can, we can confidently say that the engagement will increase and we can confidently say things like that, but we we can't guarantee some of the other, yeah, yeah. Sales definitely. Right. Yeah. Right. And I've seen, I've seen a fair amount of influencers who do things like promo codes or like some sort of thing to share with their audience. And I'm, you know, that certainly would be something that you could track. Do you feel like you need to incentivize influencers with, with things like that? So, so I hear sigh. (laughs) That says a lot. (laughs) So, so I think affiliate programs, like you're, like you're talking about where basically the influencer will get a kickback from, yep. from the brand. I think that they are successful in some settings. Like for instance, Kettle on Fire has a really successful affiliate program. Um, and and, and I, I, I've talked to them before and, and mm-hmm. it's just really worked for them. I, I, I would say that for smaller brands, I, I don't think affiliate is where maybe most of the focus should be. Yeah. Uh, I think the first one should be how do we build a community with yep. the influencers? And then those influencers that are like, once you ch- send the first, maybe let's say 20 out, you might find that only, hopefully more, but maybe only five are like really into the product. And they're like going above and beyond. They're posting about it every day. They're talking about it. Like you can see that they're really loving it. They turn into affiliates. But to launch with an affiliate program without knowing like, who really loves this brand and who's yeah. really going to talk about it in an authentic way? Because the thing what happens when, when there's affiliate codes is people are smart. These fall, you know, consumers and, and audience members on, on Instagram, they're, they're really smart. They know now that when you're posting an affiliate code, they know you're getting a kickback. Yeah. So, you know, we want people to be buying the product because it's, it gets coming so naturally and easily because they really love it. And they're going to influence more people than just if it's coming across as salesy or that it's very clear that this is okay. If they're getting a kickback. Um, so it's, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to be launching affiliate programs with maybe people that aren't really in love with the brand. That That makes, makes, yeah, that makes total sense. And I think, you know, as you mentioned, we're, I don't know, half a decade into influencer marketing, on social platforms. And I think at this point, the consumer is pretty savvy (laughs) and knows like, okay, well, if you say take my code of, you know, food biz whiz, I'm potentially going to get a kickback. Right. Yeah. Right. I get that. 
Um, and so I think it, it just makes like all the more reason why you've got to find influencers who are authentic, right? Like when I share promo codes, it's only for, for things that I use in my day to day or like things that like my clients use or, or things like that. Right. Right. It's things yeah. that you really believe in and, and, and you, you, you're getting a kickback, but really it's because you really love the product and you want people to know about it. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So it's all yeah. about finding those at the end of the day, it's all about finding the right influencers for your brands and the ones who share authentically online. You got it. Oh, I love this. Gosh. I mean, <laughs> I feel like now in my mind, I'm like, what could I do an influencer campaign for? Like <laughs> what, you know, what, what, how would this work for my business? But, um, it's a whole different thing when you're selling physical products versus consulting services. Right. All right. With some, with some good yeah. sleuthing, there's a way. That's true. I know. <laughs> you, you know, I, I love that. You know, you're giving me permission to go in my, my deep online sleuthing mode. Yes. I love it. I love it. Okay. This was such a great conversation. I'm, I feel like you and I could strategize on influencer marketing and we could talk about marketing all day long. But yeah. before, before we go, I know at the beginning I mentioned how busy you are, but at the same time, I don't want to turn people off from connecting with you and following you and, you know, getting in your orbit. So where, where can people find you? Yeah. So, and the best way to find me, I'm really active on Instagram. So we are wonderkind co on, on Instagram. Um, and then we just launched a website, which is wonderkindco.co. And I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, as far as, yes, we're really busy, but I live to connect with others. And this is my purpose in life, um, is, is to, to be connecting with as many people as I can, um, and so any, any questions, uh, or any, any, uh, you want to flag anything or ask if this would be the right influencer for, for this campaign, please, please do ask. I, I love learning about, um, brands and what they're doing and, and I, yeah, I feel like you're being so genuine here because this is, <laughs> this is truly how we connected. I feel like you sent me yep. a DM ages ago and you were like, Hey Allie. I yeah. think we should be connected. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, you did. I mean, you practice what you preach here. I can tell that, you know, yeah. I I have seen firsthand how um how excited you are by connecting with brands and you know, yes. all things CPG. It's just like pulsing yeah. through your veins. I love it. it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll thank you so much for being on the Food Biz Wiz podcast. I am so grateful for your time and your expertise and I hope we get to see each other in person at some point. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be in 2020, but we'll see. We'll see. Yes. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Okay. All right, you guys. I hope that you are fired up to run your next influencer campaign and that Elle's guidelines here helped you gain confidence moving forward with it. I am really excited to see what you guys do with this strategy in the future. So come on over to the Food Biz Wiz Facebook group. I'm going to link it in the show notes as always and share what you are working on so I can follow along. Okay. So thank you as always for tuning in and I will see you right back here next week for one of my favorite style episodes. I'm going to do a rapid fire Q&A for you guys. Have a good one and stay busy. You hear it from your customers every day. 
I love your product. I wish this was sold near me. When are you going to be carried at my favorite local store? It is time to capture those customer interactions and put them to work for your brand. We Stock streamlines the product request process and helps get your brand on retail shelves faster by collecting data that is essential for your wholesale pitch. And you have heard me say it enough times by now to know that buyers love data. A pitch that is backed by data is always going to capture that buyer's attention faster than a pitch without it. Learn more about how you can use your fans' product request to perfect your pitch at WeStock.io or linked in my show notes. And don't forget to use promo code FOODBIZWIZ for 25% off your first year. You're listening to Food Biz Wiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going.